welcome to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff and thanks for stopping by. Let's talk about stocks, crypto, market news, investing ideas, and retirement. I am not a financial advisor and this is only for entertainment purposes. But please make sure to like, follow, and share so we can all grow together. What's going on, guys? It's Jeff. I am back for another episode of Let It Grow Investing. Uh, just a friendly reminder that I am not a financial advisor, and this is all for uh, entertainment purposes. This is just my opinion on uh, what's going on in the market and what's going on in the world right now. I've been at the beach for the last week, uh, having a good time with uh, family and friends, and uh, quite a bit going on out there in the world. Um, you know, we've got a, a lot of stuff, just world news. We've got a, a lot of things weighing on the market and uh, a lot of market news too. Um, we had the uh, U.S. kind of departing from Afghanistan kind of abruptly and, uh, you know, the Taliban taking over in uh, Kabul. And, you know, we've had a lot of, lot of issues with that, a lot of issues with uncertainty in the market and China trying to uh, crack down on their tech companies and putting new laws into place that are going to um, be uh, instituted on November 1st about how these tech companies are collecting data um, and handling people's info. And that's weighing heavily on the, the tech stocks in China, uh, as well as, you know, their the social media companies and their, their ride hailing company, uh, Didi that they more or less shut down after it went public just a couple of weeks back. And that has been a disaster for anyone who's been involved in that name. Um, so we've got uh, China is also trying to play nice with the Taliban and kind of more or less blaming the U.S. for how we departed. And they want to uh, kind of become allies with the Taliban and work with them for their own personal gain to make, uh, you know, the, all the mineral rights and oil and, uh, transport from country to country over there a little bit more, uh, simple. And they, they really want to have that good relationship and they're, they're playing us as the bad guy. And that China has been there all along to, to more or less help them out. And they're, they're trying to become more of a partner with them, which is, is pretty scary. And uh, we definitely see that in the market. You know, we see all the, the tech companies in China uh, hurting right now with, with the new laws going into place. We see, um, you know, the oil companies hurting with the, the fear, uncertainty and doubt, the, the FUD in the market in the Middle East. And we're not too certain as to what uh, Iran's going to be doing with uh, their involvement as well. Now that, you know, they're kind of put onto their heels and they're not too sure what to do. Are they going to, uh, you know, re-weaponize nuclear missiles and, and things like that? Where there's a lot of unknowns right now. Uh, so you can certainly see that in the market uh, over the past week. The, uh, there's a ETF ex exchange traded fund, the Golden Dragon Index, that's down about 10%. Uh, and that's, you know, that's a big number when you, when you look at all the, the companies that are in China that comprise the, the Golden Dragon Index, and they are down that far. You know, there's, there's some companies that are, that are down 20, 30% to, 
to make that average 10%. And it's certainly hurting. It's certain it's hurting us here. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're uncertain of, of what the outcome is going to be, or if even we should be involved in any type of Chinese stocks, anything that touches China, um, even you know, companies like Tesla or Caterpillar that, that do have a reach over there. Should we be in those names? Should we, you know, limit it? Should we be buying more? And uh, I think a lot of that comes down to your personal plan. Uh, you know, if, if you think Caterpillar is going to be a good bet and the infrastructure bill is still going to happen in four months, three months, when they say it's going to happen, um, you know, you got to look, is, is this a good buying opportunity for those names? And with the future uh, infrastructure bill and the horizon locally, is this just a, a blip on the radar and should it be a buying opportunity? And I mean, for me personally, I do believe that it is, um, you know, I don't know that the pain's done yet. I'm not sure that, you know, the, the next week we'll know, but soon enough when uh, some of these events play out and we know what the, the long-term effects are going to be, um, I, I think it's time to, to start averaging into some of the names that do have uh, more international exposure as they've come down so, so much, so quickly, it's a good time to start looking at them at least and say, Hey, you know, what price do I need to be in these at? And if it goes down another 10%, what am I going to do? Uh, you know, are you going to buy more? You know, are you going to have money to buy more? So, I mean, I, I certainly agree again with the, the dollar cost averaging, say you wanted to get into uh, Caterpillar now and you, you certainly can. And, uh, you know, anything under 205, I, in my opinion, I think it's a good price. And should it drop down into the 190s, I would certainly think about buying more of it. And, uh, you know, I think a, a lot of the, the thought process there is when, when do you buy and when do you sell these names? So you're, you know, buying, if it gets in the 190s, when, when do you sell it? And that's really a personal personal call too. If it's a position where you want it to be a long-term play and you think the infrastructure bill is going to do nothing but good things in the next three to five years for Caterpillar, I'd say, you know, add on. And if, if it gets to be more than the, the percentage of your portfolio that you want it to be, then maybe it's, maybe it's time to sell. So, you know, if you've got, uh, say 20 names in your portfolio, right. And Caterpillar is one of them and it's 5%. Say it gets to uh, 8% of your portfolio, you know, trim it back a little bit if, if you, you know, might want to, to trim it back down to that 5% and kind of rebalance. Uh, take some of your, your earnings and find another name that at that time is, uh, is going, you know, a little is a more of a value or more of a, a grower that you like for your needs and, and look to put some money into that, you know, and that's, one way to uh, to look at it is sell some of your gains off when when they do go up. That way, you know, you're playing with some house money that, uh, you know, you can put into another name and, and watch that one grow. But uh, you don't always need to sell them. You know, I try not to sell some of my uh, my winners. I don't like to punish them. You know, companies like Apple, uh, Microsoft, um, you know, United Health has done well for me here lately, and I'm I'm letting them go. I'm not I'm not punishing them for growing too much, but uh, I do add to some of those other names to uh, 
the other names in my portfolio to bring the the percentage in those uh, positions a little bit larger. So if I have two percent in, I don't know, say uh, SoFi, um, you know, I will add on a dip right now and try to make that you know three percent, which will also lower my uh, position in my other names. So that's one way to rebalance, and uh, you also have to know your your goals for each individual name. Uh, you know what I would do with Caterpillar or Home Depot. I'm not going to do with SoFi. Uh, if if SoFi doubles, I'd probably sell all of my, if not all of my my gains. I'd sell a good chunk of my gains, and have that money because I don't want it to be a five percent. Uh, portfolio size, I would, I'd be much more comfortable with two and a half percent. That way it's, it's half the percentage of what my main core positions are. And I have some, uh, some money in it. I know it's a growth play and I know I, what I want it to do. If I see a double, I'll trim it or, or, you know, even if you wanted to sell completely, um, that's an option. If you don't see that there's any more growth there, if, it, if that was your plan for it. But uh, when you have that plan, first off, you know, you, you know where you're going to sell it. If it if it drops too far, you know, hey, I've got a 10 percent threshold for pain on this one. I could you could always sell right there and just have that stop limit in place where if this trade doesn't work out, say you've got a thousand dollars in it and it goes down 10 percent, you're going to sell it at when it's about nine hundred dollars in your in your portfolio size or your market value size, that is a good way to look at it. If, if that's your pain tolerance, you know, sell it and be done with it or wait for it to drop. And if it drops another 10%, set another alert or, you know, say it's a $10 stock, it drops down nine, you, you sell it for a loss and, but it goes down to $7, you know, you could possibly buy back in if you think that's the bottom and you see some future in it. Um, you know, it's, it's certainly a, a, each stock is, is its own thing and not every one of them is going to be treated the same. Uh, so um, you certainly got to look at that individual name and how it's going to work for you. Um, like Palantir has gone down as well. And for me, that was, that was also another one of my buys this week. And you can certainly uh, see that like, you know, again, Kathy Wood, the ARC funds have been buying it hand over fist. They, I think they've, put another 140 million into this name this week. Um, so, I mean, they, they certainly see some growth there. I see some growth there. Their government contracts have been doing great. They're a very mysterious company, but I, I do think they've got a lot going for them. And, uh, you know, when this lockup of their, their uh, shareholder stock kind of, kind of trickles out, we'll, we'll see where we end up and see how that one looks. But I do think they've got a good uh, future ahead for them. But again, that's not a, a poor, core stock in my portfolio. And I don't want it to be huge. I do want some growth out of it. Um, you know, and that's certainly going to be more about the position size for me than a dollar amount. You know, so some people, their position size might be $500 and some people it might be $10,000. But if, if that's the position that you're comfortable with, then Take the risk on it if if you think it's it's worth the uh, worth the return that you see it coming within the in the next whatever timeline you've got on it. If it's a if it's a swing trade for a couple months or if it's a long term investment for a couple years, you can certainly uh, have that predefined plan 
to where you know what you're going to do if it goes up, if it goes down, or if it stays stagnant for a year. Are you going to are you going to be upset with it? Are you going to hold it? Or do you know that if it doesn't do anything in a year, it's gone? That's all things you can write down beforehand. And that way, when it happens, you know what you're going to do. And I always try to have a, a plan in hand when I purchase these names anymore because it's gotten me burned in the past. And something to definitely take a look at, uh, something to, to come up with when you're buying the names, at least have three reasons why you're buying that name, not just because someone on the internet told you or you know the analyst says it's going to go up because that doesn't always happen. So have your plan, have your reasons, and know where you're going with it. And that'll certainly help you uh, know what to do when things go either sideways or uh, get a little bit crazy out there in the market. So the uh, all the different sectors of the market have been rotating heavily this week. We've uh, we saw you know this week big drops in China. We saw big drops in anything that touched China in, in any shape or form like i said you know the the heavy tesla picks and neo and things like that have been getting hammered um but that also always happens we're always seeing a, a sector shift every other week or every other month it seems like a new thing is in in flavor or you know fading out so i wanted to talk a little bit about what i saw this week and how to play it um Things that were going down this week were your discretionary funds, your uh, energy uh, stocks and material stocks, you know, uh, discretionary, meaning like things that people can spend money on when when they want to spend a little bit of extra savings. Names like Expedia, Carnival, Cruise Lines, uh, Wind Resorts and, uh, you know, the, the energy stocks, anything that was touching the Middle East. Um, you know, Marathon Petroleum or Occidental Petroleum were getting destroyed this week also. And those names um, are certainly getting hammered. But, uh, so, you know, if, if people are selling out of those names, that money's got to go somewhere, right? So it's either going into savings uh, to a cash account or they're redeploying this capital into things like bonds or, uh, you know, other other stocks that they Team that they like this week or that are safe this week and a lot of those hedge funds have all this money to manage and they can't ride the wave down for 20 percent, or they're going to lose their job pretty much at the end of the year when that report comes out people don't want to see a 20 percent drop even if that's within your pain tolerance the fund as a whole doesn't want to see a 20 percent drop they think you know you could have done something else because another sector another industry another name would have done me better so why am I investing my money with you, hedge fund people? So the names that went up this week are things that did not touch China, things like healthcare, things like utilities. Um, so, you know, people are looking for that safety right now. So we see the money coming out of those, uh, those downward names, downward pressure names this week. And we see names like uh, Johnson & Johnson or AbbVie or United Health or Dominion Energy go up this week and there's a lot a lot of the reason is that they don't touch china they they pay dividends they have no exposure over there very little and you know they they're deemed safe this week so you know should you be buying these healthcare utility names 
if you think long term they're they're going to be doing better, sure. I, I think that's you know safety is never a bad thing, but uh, I personally rather would have bought them when they were trading lower. You know the some of these you know the Johnson and Johnson when they had the the flop on the COVID vaccine, great time to get into a name that's a dividend aristocrat. Um, dividend aristocrat meaning that they've uh, up their dividend for the past, I think it's five years or 10 years. And uh, there's, there's a list of dividend aristocrats and Kings and champions challengers uh, all online. You can just take a, a look on, on Google and, and find out the names of, of dividend companies that are um, out there. Uh, currently, let me see here. Uh, I think there's 65 of them right now. Yeah, 65 names that are dividend aristocrats that actually, no, sorry, it's uh, 25 consecutive years of dividend, dividend increases on the dividend aristocrat list. And, uh, and some of those yields on dividends are low, but uh, they're low because the, the, while they're raising the dividend, the price is going up. So the, the growth of the company is outpacing the growth of the dividend in some plays. You know, some some names are still only a one or two percent dividend, but if you would have bought it 15, 20 years ago, your yield on your invested capital, meaning the money that you put in, would be yielding you a good bit more. Um, some uh, different plays are uh, certainly going up on the daily. For example, you know, uh, my dad had always uh, was buying Home Depot stock in the, hey dad, by the way, and uh, he was buying Home Depot stock in the uh, 90s. And, uh, you know, his cost basis on Home Depot is in the 30s, in the $30 range. And now those, those shares are worth, you know, three, let's take a look here, get you an exact number. They are trading at 329. So he's up 11 times on his money on Home Depot. And, uh, you know, while Home Depot is only paying you about 2% right now, uh, on his cost basis, it's paying them probably about 20%. So these are the names that, you know, the, the growth is certainly there. And while the, you look at it now, the dividend is only 2%. But if you hold it long enough, you're going to get that growth out of the share price and out of the dividend. The, you know, there are over the past few years, maybe not last year, but before that, they were increasing their dividend payments double digits every year for at least three, four, five years. And they are historically a good dividend grower. And these are the companies that, you know, are, are great long-term plays. If you look at that uh, dividend aristocrat list or the challengers, contenders, they are all companies that have a track record of paying you more every year to hold their stock. And if they're ones that have uh, also increased their share price, you know, even better. That's a, that's a win-win. So, I mean, there's, there's always the plays out there that are going to do better for you and, you know, have the dividend, but while their dividend, the, the original starting number isn't great or, you know, it's average, you know, 2% being the average of the S and P, you know, you can always look for those names that are tied or, you know, committed to increasing that payment every year without, uh, you know, having a payout ratio go above 80%. You really want that payout ratio to stay under that unless it's a uh, real estate fund or a real estate uh, REIT. 
uh, play because those have to pay out, I believe, 95 percent of their uh, profits in the form of dividends. That's how they get that different uh, status and uh, bracket tax bracket for themselves. And they're taxed differently being a, a real estate fund. Uh, those will, will have to pay you more and they're generally higher payers, but they are not or higher dividend payers, but they generally don't grow as quick. And, you know, over the past year, some of them have, they've certainly bounced back, but historically they don't grow as quick. Um, so you can certainly look at that list. It's a great way to start playing uh, or using, looking at dividends and finding companies that you might have not looked at before that are committed to making those, those yearly payments or quarterly payments uh, stronger for you as, as a shareholder. And it's definitely a way to, uh, to build wealth and uh, look for a place in the market where you're going to be making more money over a long period of time as, uh, as their profit rises and as that company does better. So right now with this uh, current trend of uh, people getting out of these discretionary names and going into health and utilities or the, the overall market doing that. Um, I'm sure a lot of it is sitting in cash because the, the market as a whole has fallen also. So when you see that market come down as a whole, you know, money's coming out or sitting on the sidelines and it's not just an even rotation from uh, out of these energies and into healthcare. You know, if, if the market, if it went down on 3%, 3% on one and up 3% on the other sector, you know, it would be a pretty equally weighted uh, S&P or, or overall market where right now it did, it did drop. So, you know, wh where can you put this money? What could you be doing with it? Um, personally, I did do some buying this week. Uh, while I did sell uh, Dominion, I sold some Dominion uh, utility stock because it got to a yearly high. It hadn't really been doing that great for me over the past few years. I was up about 20% on it. Um, but it was also a name that I thought we're, we're going to be capped out here pretty soon. And there's going to be no future real catalyst for Dominion. It is a, a long-term uh, dividend grower, but uh, at at the end of the day, I truthfully, I just see more opportunities coming in other names. So I sold some of it to raise some cash and uh, I did do some buying here uh, on Caterpillar, Enphase, Alibaba, Neo, Win, Palantir, and SoFi. And, uh, you know, I don't know that we're done dropping on some of these names. I, I'm fairly certain we're not. Uh, something like Alibaba and Neo, I do think we might retest those lows. Uh, well, Baba's kind of in a free fall right now. Anyhow, meaning that they are trying to fall to find some level of support, but uh, we haven't really found it yet. Uh, Neo, uh, they had hit you know thirty-two dollars a few months back, and then rocketed up to you know mid fifties, and you know now we're in the upper thirties. So could we retest that number um, on NEO? Could we get back down to the 32s? I think we maybe could. I hope we don't go that low. But I do know that if we get that low, I'll be ready, um, which is a great thing, a great position to be, is to have that cash ready when when these companies do drop. You know, over, over the past month, 
we uh, we started the month in the 45 range and now we're, we're down to 36. And that's got a lot to do with the, the China problems, you know, the whole market over there falling by 10 percent. Neo's not uh, exempt from that. You know, they, they've certainly been taking their punches on the way down. And they've also got, uh, you know, the semiconductor problems and, uh, you know, other problems that are still lingering. But I do see those problems coming to an end. Um, you still do have the China Chinese government involvement. And you really don't ever know what they're going to do next. But I, I do know that Neo as a company is in a good good spot. They're producing more uh, vehicles over the over the time. You know, they doubled over the past year. And uh, I certainly do see some upside for them. And uh, so I, I purchased, you know, and like I said, I, I didn't buy tons of it. I did add some shares and I do see, you know, possibly going back down uh, a bit here from from where we were you know back in uh what was it march we hit 35 and then up to 42 and then may we hit a low of 3122 i'm saying but then we went up to in the low 50s like 53 in june so now we're we're back on that trending down but I think this is where where you're going to want to start buying because we're, we're finding that low again. And if we uh, if we can hold it and it looks like it wants to, um, I do see a lot of upside for this one. And it will probably rock it back up how it has done every time it has fallen like this in the past. And uh, once, you know, once we understand what's going on with the semiconductors and the Chinese government and what their new laws are going to entail, We'll have a little bit more knowledge as to where it's going to go. So I like to purchase when we see these 10, 20% drops over, you know, a couple of weeks. I, I think it's a little bit too far, too fast. And, uh, you know, we're, we're probably down close to 20, 25% from, from some of these highs. And, uh, you know, it's good, good spot to get a position going, keep adding and be ready for the next breakout. And, you know, should it go up too much and you think that it's, uh, again, you know, it, it runs up 30%, could also be a good time to sell some and keep rotating in and out of it if that's your style of investing. If you like to swing trade it, that's certainly something you can do. Um, I like to have a lot of exposure to it. Um, it's, it's a bigger, NEO is a bigger name for my position or for my portfolio. And I do think that we have a lot more upside. A lot of analysts agree on that. And I do think that we'll come out of end of 2022, 23 in a much better spot. I still think this one could hit low 60s by the end of the year even. So I'm I'm adding on these low dips and, uh, you know, just kind of sticking to my plan. And, uh, you know, if it, if it drops below the, you know, that 32 level, I'll, I'll have to reassess. I'll, I think, you know, somewhere in the upper 20s might be a spot to, to either add, add some more or, uh, you know, it depends on, depends on the news. If, if we got good news and uh, some of the, the tensions are kind of easing, we'll, we'll have a little bit more knowledge as to what to do with it. But, uh, you know, for right now, I am buying. I do see... Uh, a good bargain and uh, definitely think it's a position that could 
could get you to where you're trying to go sooner than a lot of the other names out there. And Win is another pick that's got a good amount of Chinese exposure in Macau. Uh, they got resorts over there, so they are being punished. Um, you know, they dropped to about uh, low 90s, upper 80s. And I think that's going to be a good one that's going to rebound hard when uh, we get out of this Chinese crackdown and they're being pulled down a little unjustly right now. You know, they've uh, they fall into 88.50 and they were up in the 140 range in March, you know, and then uh, we had the, the breakout of the Delta variant and Chinese problems and people in, in with COVID in China and travel in America has been kind of slowing down again briefly, even though I keep hearing things in Vegas are taking off and there's, you know, barely any rooms left at these hotels and, you know, they're, they're about sold out on some nights if something's coming back or a new show's back. It seems like they're, they're on the rise. Uh, I do see, you know, the, the Delta variant being on the forefront of uh, some people's minds as to whether they're going to travel or not. And that's another another thing that you can certainly play. You know, if you know you see Expedia is getting beat up, you know, maybe it's time to buy some Expedia if you think travel is going to be coming back. And if you're going to hold for a while right now, it's going to be a little rocky. Got some volatility and some turmoil out there. But if uh, if you plan on holding Expedia for a few years and you know that four or five years is going to be looking better than it is right now, you know, we've got Pfizer actually getting uh, uh, FDA regula uh, regulation on their uh, COVID vaccine. It's going to be approved hopefully this week, and that'll probably have some some upward catalyst for the market that now, you know, it's going to be uh, FDA approved and not just an emergency use for the vaccine. That'll certainly help things, uh, ease some people's minds about getting the vaccine or, uh, or just traveling in general, or you know, knowing that other people are gonna have it and where they're going is gonna be a little bit safer. I, I think these names will, will start coming back. Uh, Carnival, you know, like I said, that one is, is down this week, but that one kind of scares me. They've taken on tons of debt. And, you know, they, they haven't had a ship sail for, you know, a year. So it's it's hard to know that, you know, Carnival or some of these cruise lines are going to come out unscathed, not being able to produce any sort of income this long. Sure, they, they got some government help, but, you know, they're, they're really going to have issues trying to uh, stay afloat this long while they've got no money coming in, um, you know, where the airlines and the casinos and things like that. Do have some money coming in, albeit it was slower and they were burning money like crazy as well. But at least they had some money coming in and their staff was still there and they didn't, you know, they laid off tons of people, but they still had staff and they still were making some money. Uh, so at least they're operational and functional. But, you know, Carnival, Norwegian, I mean, they are the stronger names, but they still do uh, do scare me to some extent just with how long they've been kind of off work and not making any money um so the, like i said those chinese plays certainly are you know risky but you can certainly look at them right now and then you know you got growth plays that are also getting looked over right now as well because that money's coming out of the growth and it's going into safety so if you got growth names that you're eyeing up 
Um, you know, like I said, I bought Palantir. I bought some SoFi. And those names are getting beat up just because the market's going down. But I do think they're, it's going to be like a rubber band. And when you, it gets pulled down and pulled down, eventually people are going to start snatching these shares up because they're getting beat up too hard. So I'm buying them now knowing that um, they should go up from here. And I think the downside risk is limited. End uh, phase as well. Another one that's a growth play that I've been buying that also has been like, pulled down significantly about $35 in the past few weeks. And it, it could snap back up very fast because it, it's historically done that. It'll drop and then come right back up and go past it and go, you know, find a new level of resistance and trade back down for a little bit, consolidate, and it keeps running forward. Uh, Cat, I was buying, you know, they've got the problems in China with, uh, you know, the, the market over there being in, in a little bit of stress or a lot of stress really, but you do have that infrastructure bill. You're still overlooking locally. You know, if our, if our country wants to spend hundreds of billions of dollars, Cat's going to get a lot of that to fix the roads, bridges, and sewers, and everything else that uh, people are going to be needing to fix with all this infrastructure spending that's coming out. So that's what I've been doing. Um, you know, but some some different buys that I'm looking at right now. Five picks for this week. Uh, I'm looking at Enphase again. You know, every time it drops down to the 150s, 160s, it's uh, it's been shooting back up to that 200 level. And uh, analysts say there's about 24% upside there. That's number one. Uh, number two, charge point. Again, getting beat up with uh, with the market. And, you know, I, I think with the infrastructure package coming out, it's going to do very well. 68% of upside on analysts on that one. So there's all, all kinds of room to run. We've tested this level before. I think we're going to blow right back through it when, uh, when we get all the, the market situations under control and the infrastructure bill comes out we're going to be uh we're going to be rolling through on that one uh like i said buy and win wynn 44 percent upside on this uh, casino resort play it's got uh plenty of room to run i think the downside from here is limited uh disney is number four dis 23 percent upside all kinds of reasons to to think that Disney's going to have more more upside than down. You know, the they had a great quarter. Disney Plus numbers did well. We've got uh, the premier access for different names that are coming out on Disney Plus. The parks are back open. Uh, they're making money. Um, they are not going to be reinstating their dividend this year, but once they figure out uh, COVID and, and get that under control, they do plan on reinstating that dividend. Uh, hopefully that's sooner than later, but that is a 23% a upside on that name. So I, I think it's certainly got some room to, to grow, room to run. And uh, with the quarter they just reported, I think it's going to be a good way to go. Uh, NEO, there's uh, the Chinese uh, EV that's going to be, you know, pretty much owning all of Asia. Uh, Tesla's got their, their foothold there, but I th China doesn't really want them to be so far and uh, into China, I think they want it to be a little bit more limited as to what Tesla can do and what their cameras can take pictures of around certain areas of China. And Neo is going to 
probably be the one of the top contenders there. They've got a 78% upside from the analyst on, on Neo and uh, lots of room to run. I definitely think we can get the 78% up from here, certainly within 12 months, probably sooner. And uh, we'll certainly be testing those levels again in the, in the near term. But uh, so that's, that's the buys I've got for this week. That's five names that I think could do really well from here. And uh, the other thing I'm buying in, in crypto, um, still buying Ethereum, still buying Cardano, uh, Bitcoin, and uh, possibly adding a little bit more VeChain on this week. Solana has been doing incredible. It's, uh, it's been running up like crazy. Um, I need to, need to find a, a spot to uh, start averaging into some Solana tokens. You know, they, uh, they were about $1.50 a year ago, and now they, they cracked $80 um, just the other day. So it is a, a certainly one that's been running and uh, could really do well for us as well. Ethereum, I, I think anything when you're getting back down to that 3000 level is a great, great buy. Uh, I, I do think we're going to be doing well and certainly could be retesting those, uh, those highs from lower and earlier in the year of like 42, 4,300 in the near term. And, uh, still think by the end of 23, we'll be, uh, near $10,000 and, uh, Bitcoin, you know, with El Salvador, uh, having Bitcoin become legal tender in the next, uh, I believe it's in the next week, they will be another, another catalyst for Bitcoin to be going up. And uh, I definitely see more countries with a weaker, weaker currency using Bitcoin and, uh, and stating it as a, as a legal tender. Certainly more companies and corporations are allowing Bitcoin for transactions and uh, the market can certainly go up on Bitcoin as well. So that's what I'm buying. That's what I'm looking at this week. Um, again, you know, I, I thank you guys for listening. If you're still here, uh, make sure to like and subscribe, turn on the uh, notification bell and uh, please share if you uh, if you like what, what we're talking about here. And if you got other things you want to hear about, please let me know. I'd love to bring it up in the next episode. Thank you for uh, listening and uh, I'll see you guys again soon. Take care.